Thank you. Awesome. You know, I just, uh, you know, I don't recognize all the faces here. We only get to be in this campus about once a month, so I uh, don't get to see everybody. But, uh, you know, one thing, just when we were talking about the offering, one thing, thanks, Hannah. You can um, go ahead and grab your seat somewhere by yourself because your husband's busy. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, one thing, just when, uh, when my wife was talking about the offering, uh, you know, we, we do talk about money uh, here at C3 Church. It's one of the things we decided a long time ago is that uh, money would not be an off topic. You know, sometimes at churches we get afraid to talk about money because, you know, it's, we're asking for money, all that kind of stuff, and it sounds like that. Uh, the truth is um, we do talk about money. We talk about money. We talk about sex. We talk about all those kinds of things that you're not allowed to talk about in church. Because uh, we figured if you could talk about it Wednesday at work, you should be able to talk about it at church on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and if you can't talk about it at church on Sunday, but, you can t- but you're talking about it Wednesday at work, maybe you should think that through. Anyway. Uh, but, the, you know, when we talk about money, one of the things I, I just want you to know as a church is that, you know, when we, although we encourage, we encourage people in the church to tithe, giving 10% of our income. As a church, we do that as well. Uh, we give away 10% of our, our income every year. Um, we give it to places that we have no control over. Um, so last year we, we donated, um, we gave away $24,000 um, to food bank here in Revelstoke. We gave to a women's shelter. I think everybody knows that. We gave to Wycliffe Bible Translators in Peru for a Bible translation project. We gave to missionaries, uh, Alan Kathy Fury in Peru. Uh, we gave a um, substantial amount to a men's recovery house in, in Kelowna. And so, you know, we, we just, sometimes people ask, I had a conversation the other day with somebody in our uh, Kelowna campus, and they were just uh, asking about supporting something, and, and I said, well, you know, we already give quite a substantial amount of money away every year. And she said, that's, you mean the church tithes? I went, yeah. She said, that's so cool. Uh, it's just cool that we do that. So uh, we do that, and God's been really gracious uh, to us as we continue to do that. Um, some of you, and I just... On behalf of Kelowna campus, I just want to say thanks to all the people who came down to uh, Kelowna a couple of months ago to help put the new roof on there. That was just awesome. It was incredible. Um, and while we were doing the roof down there, uh, we also had to replace an air conditioner here in this building, which cost us just under $10,000. And then the roof in Kelowna ended up costing about $15,000 after all the volunteer labor and all that was in it. And the cool thing about that is because as a church, we tithe. We practice regularly giving stuff away. We didn't need to go and say, hey, let's have a special offering. We just, out of the abundance that God puts into us, we were able to just pay those bills off and those kinds of things. So tithing works. Uh, it doesn't just work for you personally. It works when we do it together. I just want you to know that. Um, so we do talk about money, and, and uh, it, you know, hopefully that didn't offend anybody. And uh, I'm sorry if it did, uh, but we do talk about money. The, other, the thing... I want to talk about today. We're in the middle of a couple months that we've been talking about relationships. And uh, I, I saw, uh, just as I was getting ready to uh, preach this morning, I saw the notes from last week uh, about, you know, something about husbands love your wives. So hopefully uh, you all got that, um, loving your wives. Uh, Russell the boss. Russell the boss. I always love it because... Uh, Hannah posts Instagram, and of course, Russ's Instagram name is Russell the Boss, and so I always say, Russell the Boss. just seems to add so much more authority to it. <laughs> Love your wives, thus Seth, Russell the Boss. 
it's all good. Uh, so we're talking about relationships, you know, and all the different relationships. And, uh, you know, one of the, to me, one of the key, one of the great privileges I get uh, is, is not just being in church, not just uh, talking to church people, but I, I love talking to people who aren't in church. Uh, it's, it, to me, it's, it's the greatest privilege because it helps keep me uh, more normal. Uh, you, know, you know, let's be honest about this. If you hang around with Christians too long, you just get weird. You know, you just keep hanging around Christians. You get your own special language and secret. You know, it's like family. And, you know, you guys know, we know what's going on. And anybody else has not a clue. Because uh, it's all built with this history and secret words and secret language. And, you know, it's family, right? But, you know, it's, I, I love having conversations with people who don't have a church context. Because it goes like, oh, you're right. What I just said makes no sense whatsoever. And I've been preaching that on Sundays. And it makes absolutely no sense to anybody other than the people in front of me. And I'm like, well, you know, how do you like to, you know, it's that. And, but, you know, you have these conversations, and, and, and I love these conversations, uh, especially because I, I discovered that there's this commonality in conversations that I have with people who have no church background, is, uh, at, but, you know, they have a little idea about church, is, uh, is, is, is they're, they're looking at me and they're waiting for the hammer to drop. You know, they're just, as we're having this conversation you know, about church or having this conversation about God. It's like they're just waiting for me to tell them how bad they are. You know, and how, because I, I you know, church has a really uh, strong reputation that's really bad. That uh, we just judge everybody and criticize everybody and, and you know, and then we're against everything. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, you know, it doesn't help that, you know, we have all sorts of church-related things that are all about what we're against. And, uh, you know, the church in, in, in the, in the English-speaking world is often caught in that against stuff. And so, you know, I have these conversations, and you probably have them too. This conversation with somebody, and, and you'd like to bring up the subject of, hey, why didn't you come to church? But it's, it's like as soon as you bring it up, it's like, whoa, not for me. <laughs> Years ago, I was visiting a guy here who lived in Revelstoke, and, and uh, his wife had come to church. She'd passed away before I ever really met him, but... He uh, he's died years and years ago. But I remember being in his house. He said, hey, you know, you can come to church if you wanted. And he, and he just kind of looked at me with a stone glare. Well, if I ever came into church, the building would fall down. Really? It's built that badly? I didn't know that. Like, were you, did you help build it? Like, what was, like why is it so bad? And, and, and he goes, no, 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 no. He says, it's not the building. He says, I, you know, it would fall down if I ever walked in church because I drink whiskey. Well, he could come now. Okay, you know, it's, it's, we're kind of past all that stuff. But, the, you know, there's still that thinking, like, sitting in a conversation, and, and what's the question? It's like, will you, will you reject me? Like, if we get into this church thing, like, if we talk about God, like, am I going to get rejected by you? Because I actually kind of like you. Are you going to criticize me because I'm living with somebody or I'm, I'm, I'm doing something I shouldn't, that I don't think you think I should be doing? You know, I, that, that don't met, you know, they don't, kind of jive with the rules that, that I think you have? Like, are you going to just criticize me? Are you going to reject me? Are you going to accept me? I think that's a big question to me when I have those kind of conversations, and maybe this is for you, this is the question, is like, because one of our greatest desires is to be accepted. We will act in incredibly weird ways just so somebody will accept us. We will kind of jump right out of our personality just so somebody will accept us because this is desire. Will you accept me? I think it's a question that really genuinely is being asked. And I, and I love to think about how Jesus would answer that question. 
Would you accept me? Would you reject me? Would you criticize me? How are you going to respond to me? And I, I think Jesus would say it this way. He'd say, acceptance is my default. Acceptance is my default. You know, there's this story we're going to look at here in, in Luke. And, and if you've been to church, even if you haven't been to church, you've probably heard the expression, the Good Samaritan. I mean, it's 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 pretty great expression. In fact, uh, a while ago, I read a book by Malcolm Gladwell, and in the or sorry, it wasn't Malcolm Gladwell. It was a, a pastor, and he was talking about the story of David and Goliath. And uh, in the story, he's having a conversation with one of the guys in his church, and the guy in his church said, "He said I never realized David and Goliath was a story in the Bible. I always just thought it was an urban myth." And I wonder if Good Samaritan isn't kind of the same way. It's just kind of an urban myth, and not a lot of people maybe know that it's a biblical story. But Jesus tells this story. It's an important story, but he tells this story in response to a question. And the question is, is that first little paragraph on the, on the screen. It says, so a man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? Like this guy came to him and was basically saying, hey, like, Jesus, what should I do to be successful in life? What, what are the things, what are the the actions that I should take to be really successful. And uh, Jesus, you know, gives him this list, honor God and love your neighbor. So the guy goes, okay, uh, God, I can, I'm not going to weasel out of that one. But uh, the neighbor thing, let's, uh, let's clarify. You know, could you give me, um, you know, more of a definition? Could you explain it a little bit more so I can figure where the loopholes are? Essentially is what he's saying. So he says, so he says to Jesus, he says, so, you know, what is or who is my neighbor? So Jesus tells the story. I love Jesus' story. He replies with the story. He says, a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Jewish man, Jericho's a little high mountain time, or a little high mountain town, a little ways away from Jericho, or a little, uh, and, and he's traveling down from Jericho. Sorry, Jerusalem's a little higher. He's traveling. Let me back this up. Way back, all right? He's traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, okay? He's on his way down the hill through the mountainous passes in the 300-foot elevation. And he was attacked by bandits. You know, he should have known better, heading down the road by himself, but he, you know, it was a common place where there were robbers and thieves, and so he got attacked. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, left him half dead, half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest, professional Christian, came along. And uh, he saw the man lying there. He, he saw him. He's over on that side, and he goes, ah, yeah, yeah, let's pretend I don't see. Crosses the other side of the road past him. You ever run into people like that in your life? Oh, oh, I didn't see you. Oh, you're on the other <laughs> You didn't maybe cross over the side of the road intentionally, but, you know, it happens. It, you know, it, anyway, past the other side. Temple assistant, cell worship leader, usher, somebody running the sound system at church. They uh, come along too, and they walked over. Well, they, they at least noticed there was somebody over there. They just went over to check it out. You know, what's, what's going on over here? Oh, yeah. But having seen, got back over to the right side of the road, kept walking the narrow, straight path. But then a despised Samaritan, a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. So going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and, uh, and wine, and he bandaged them. And then he put the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. 
And, uh, and the next day, he handed the innkeeper some money, two coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill exceeds this or is higher than this, I'll pay you next time in here. Now, which of these three, just as Jesus is responding, saying, now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. You know, it's interesting. The story really, it's, it's talking about mercy. But mercy is a weird word. You know, we don't really use mercy in our day-to-day language. I mean, how many times you sit down for a meal and somebody invites you into the restaurant and you go, well, thank you for being merciful and allowing me to come in here. You know, it's, it's just not normal language for us. We don't use mercy. And, and really, the essence of this language is not, is not mercy, but if we go into it a little bit closer, it's not what we biblically or theologically would maybe call mercy, but it's really this, this idea of accepting, this idea of, of including and receiving, not just being merciful to, but just meeting somebody where they are. And so Jesus is using this story, not as so much an example in his day as mercy, but in our context as acceptance and saying, hey, uh, acceptance is the way we ought to do it. You know, when I think about acceptance, and if Jesus' response to us is acceptance is my default, I, I think about Jesus' response, and I think, you know, there, there's some things about acceptance that we got to get a hold of here. You know, acceptance is interesting because as we read this passage, we see one thing about acceptance is acceptance is not just an action, it's an emotion. It's not just an action. We're not just accepting. We feel something, and we identify with somebody. In... Uh, in, in this, uh, uh, earlier, at the very beginning of this parable, he says, then the despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion. He felt something. He felt something. You know, I, I really appreciated that little word this morning because a lot of us hide behind our, the hardness of our heart because we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to get hurt. Why, why did the priest walk on the other side of the road? It sounds like the start of a good joke. Why did the priest cross the road? Uh, why did the priest walk on the other side of the road? Why did the temple assistant walk on the other side of the road? Because they didn't want to get robbed. The truth is, they probably thought not just that uh, uh, there was a man here that they didn't want to have anything to do with, but they thought he could have been a decoy. They, they, were, they were under self-preservation. They didn't allow themselves to feel anything because they were afraid if they felt something, they'd get hurt again. How many of us have been hurt? And we're afraid, to, we're afraid to accept somebody because they're going to hurt us. We're afraid to open our heart because we're going to get hurt again. We're afraid to open up our life because what happens? We get hurt again. So we hide behind a shell, but inside we're soft. But acceptance starts with a little crack in the armor. Acceptance starts with a, you know, maybe it's okay to risk feeling something for somebody. I don't know if you have neighbors like I have, but sometimes my neighbors are very hard to break through to break through with them. I, 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 I have to report today, to me, this is a huge victory. My neighbor who's lived next to me, and I don't remember how many years, and most of the time is very gruff, I talked to him the other day, and I saw a smile on his face. This may not seem like much to you, but I've never seen a smile on his face when I've had a conversation with him ever before. I thought, oh God, there is hope. And, 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 and I just, you know, keep, being friendly, keep loving, and trying to feel something, but like hitting a stone wall. All of a sudden, I saw a smile. I went, ooh, there's a person in there. There's something. There's, there's, there's a real live person in there. 
oh, it's cracking. And I think this is really nice. It felt really good. You know, but there's something about acceptance. It starts with an emotion. It starts with us feeling something. We're human beings first. And it's interesting. Sometimes we talk about ourselves being Christians, but maybe we should talk about ourselves being human Christians. (laughs) We're humans first. And we feel, and we begin to feel. So the Samaritan came over, and he had compassion. He felt something. He related. He empathized. He said, we're the same. You know, one of the things that I think as human beings, as individuals, we tend to do is we try to be unique. Always trying to be different. But God's asking us if we, as the first step to acceptance is to actually identify rather than differentiate. Right. I'm not like you. No, I'm actually more like you than I want to admit. Yeah. And when we begin to feel a little bit, yeah. it, it changes the expression. But you know, there's more about this acceptance thing that when I think about it is, is acceptance says something about me more than it says about anybody else. Acceptance says something about me. I want you, to just, I want you just to note this story that Jesus tells again. We're going to look at the question that he's asked. So the man comes to Jesus and he asks the question. He's wanting to justify himself, and so he asks the question, who is my neighbor? So if I look around the crowd, who is my neighbor? Which one should I be nice to? That's really what he's asking. Who is my neighbor? But do you notice what the, what the answer Jesus gives? Or how he turns the question around. At the end of the story, he says, now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man? That's just a little subtle difference, but Jesus actually reframed the whole question. He, he, didn't, he didn't answer the man's question of, who's my neighbor? He went, no, which one of you is acting like a neighbor? Because acceptance says way more about you than it does about anybody else. Oh, well, they're not, I, I could never accept them. That says something about you. Nothing about them. Well, you know what? They, they've done some things that I could never accept. You're saying something about you, not about them. Acceptance always says something about us. <laughs> Not about that few weeks ago. Was, you know, I, 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 you know, we have this thing in my, our family. You know, my wife's the hugger. I, I don't hug. In fact, uh, uh, somebody this morning that I went to give a hug went, ooh, what's that? Because um, I just don't do it. In fact, one day my youngest daughter, Johanna, uh, before she was married, she lived in her house, and I, she'd done something, maybe graduated from university or something. I don't know, something important. And... Uh, she, uh, and I came into the house, and I gave her a hug. And, and she looked at me, she says, that was awkward. I just, I'm just not, not a huggy person, all right? <laughs> you know, I just don't, don't do it. I mean, Adam came back from being away forever, and, and you know, we're standing there, and he's saying hi, we'll shake his hands. He goes, come on, give me a hug. I'm just not a huggy person, right? But I love people. I do, I love people. I just, I'm just not a huggy person. It doesn't say, just because you're not a huggy person doesn't mean you don't love people. And uh, <laughs> somebody's on the stage with me. So we, we had this, we had this, uh, we have this guy. He comes to, comes to one of our other campuses. comes to one of our other campuses. And uh, he's, he's new to church. He's actually new to all of Christianity. And uh, he started coming to church because he'd heard me speak at something. And he went, oh, that finally makes sense. And so he started coming to church. And him and his girlfriend, they live together. He's with the girlfriend. They come to church. And. 
And, and he's, uh, he's um, legally blind, so he's always asking me for a Bible. Have you got a big, giant print Bible? I got one now and, and for him, and I'll give it to him. But he, so he says to me the other night, he says, you know, I'm, I'm really doing good. Or he says to me a couple weeks ago, I'm really doing well. And in fact, I'm back, you know, I'm, I'm doing my, my, uh, my uh, rapping again. Like, you know, I looked at him, he's kind of, you know, he's got that, you know, workout at the gym kind of build and really cocky and, you know, he's got that kind of look to him. And, and he started to kind of do this little moving around and like, yeah, yeah, I can see you're a rapper. And he says, yeah, I got it back. And in other words, he starts saying, rhyming something out. And to be honest with you, I hate rap. But anyway, he just, uh, you know, he's telling me this and, you know, I get this rap, you know, at church, but I love him, right? He's a cool guy. And I love him. He's telling me this. And, and, uh, and he says, yeah, in fact, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be performing in two weeks. It's on Sunday night, so I won't be at church. I said, okay, cool. I said, yeah, well, he said, tell me where it is. I'll go see you. And he says to me, he says, yeah, he says, Liquid Zoo. Okay, I'll, I'll go down and see you. And uh, what time is it? And, he, and then all of a sudden, I, I should have probably seen the little flicker in his eye when I said I was coming. But he, he said, let's look what's doing, and, and I'll come see you. And then he went, well, it's going to be really late. Well, like what time? Well, 9 o'clock. <laughs> it's okay, I'll come. Well, you know, it's look what's doing. Well, I have no idea what he's talking about. I said, look at you. And, and uh, I, I mentioned it in Cologne, and everybody in the whole church knew except me. <laughs> and, and, and I said, well, I'll come. I'll just come. Tell me when it is. He said, well, I'll be in the morning because I won't be at night because I'm going to do this. Rap. I said, well, come on. I'll come see you. I'll come and, you know, watch your performance. <sighs> wow. And he's just kind of like hedging on it. I think, look, I tried it. Like, I, I finally... You know, like he's trying to discourage me to come see him. I think, what's going on here? This is like really weird, but I'm just not picking it up because I'm just wanting to be there for this guy. And so after I have the conversation, he walks over to my wife and says, Pastor Kim, make sure Pastor Dave doesn't come. <laughs> so why? I like it. So she tells me, he doesn't want you to come. You're not, you can't go there. Why can't I go there? She said, because it's a strip club. <laughs> oh. Sometimes when you're accepting, you go places that even somebody doesn't want you to go. <laughs> and because it says more about me than it says about them. To be honest with you, I, I, I really had a problem with it because I still wanted to go for him, but I realized that it, it, it could have been a really, it's better to tell a story this way. <laughs> had I shown up, it would have been a better story, but I would have been embarrassed to tell it. Especially when I found out that he was the main act. Was unwrapping, and uh, so <laughs> right. So, but the thing is, is what, what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is, this is you know what we we laugh about this because it's funny because we get ourselves in all sorts of situations if we're accepting, because it says something about us. The truth is, we can laugh about this. this is great. You think great of me if I just said, "Oh no," I, he said he was rapping. I wouldn't ever go see that because I hate rap. You know, and besides, he's, you know, he's not living a godly lifestyle. So comes to church, but that's about it. That would have been a whole different story. Because yeah. acceptance says something about me. Yeah. Right? Except, acceptance says something about us. We're so busy trying to put the acceptance issue onto somebody else. Well, they, if they hadn't done this, I would have accepted them. Well, that's not there. I mean, yeah, they did that, but the acceptance issue is yours. Right. Come on, the acceptance issue is yours. I mean, when I'm relating to people who don't have any concept of church, they got no concept of church. I just accept that. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. In fact, they help me a lot out. 
They help me out a lot, right? Because acceptance says something about me. It says something about me. So when Jesus says acceptance is my default, that says something about him, right? It says something about him. But you know, there's something else that I noticed in this story that really hit me. It really hit me. Because when we talk about the guy that was the most accepting, he's a Samaritan. And the thing with the Samaritans is you got to understand is that the Samaritans were not liked by the Jewish people. They were, I mean, if there was racial prejudice, the racial prejudice was directed at the Samaritans. They were, uh, I, I, even Jesus essentially said, Samaritans are dogs. I mean, that's so harsh. But that's how strong it was, and it was mutual. It was mutual. In about uh, 6 AD, there was a, uh, there was a, a, a big uh, attack where there was about uh, um, the, the, the Samaritans attacked a bunch of Jews, killed about 60 of them on this particular road. In, in 60 AD, uh, a bunch of the Samaritans were so angry with the Jews and tried, that they brought a bunch of uh, pig's bones and threw them into the temple. If you know anything about that, that's like absolutely desecrating it. I mean, they, they did not get on well. They, they just weren't friends. And so the contrast in this story is even stronger because the Samaritans were, were hated by the Jews and the Jews were hated by the Samaritans. There was a lot of hate there. And so you read the story and you go, well, that, that makes it even worse. But it, but it actually gives me a, even more understanding on the whole concept of acceptance. Acceptance is easier when you've already been rejected. Acceptance is easier when you know the pain of having been rejected. This Samaritan knew exactly what it was like to be rejected, and so it was really easy to walk across that road. That priest, all he'd ever been is honored and lifted up and told how wonderful they were, and he couldn't walk across the road. See, sometimes our, our biggest issues, our biggest areas of resentment, our biggest areas of regret, when we feel like we've been rejected, when we've been hurt, when we've been destroyed because somebody didn't approve of us or rejected us, what we don't realize is that little seed that God put in there, that'll happen to us. God wants to take that seed and let it open up your heart to everybody else. It's easier to accept when you've been rejected. Jesus was in a, one day was talking to a Samaritan woman and the woman says to her the last half of this verse, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? What do we end up finding out about Jesus? He knew rejection so he could accept. He knew rejection so he he could accept his, he'd experience it. Today, if we are honest with ourselves, we don't have to look very far to recognize rejection in our own heart. We don't have to look very hard to go, yeah, I remember that rejection. I was, when I was in high school, I, uh, oh. There's a reason why I, I like to dress like men. I like to be stylish because when I was in high school, I was, um, my parents didn't dress me very well. I 
flood, <laughs> flood, flood pants when they weren't trendy. Bowl cut when it wasn't trendy. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I remember all, I remember the feelings of always being left out. I, I, this is how stupid it was. You know, this is how crazy. I remember being in grade eight in a, in a church thing, a church youth group thing, and, and we were all supposed to bring potato chips. And this may not seem like a big deal, but I mean, getting name brand potato chips instead of no name potato chips was a big deal for me. Because everything was no name. I mean, because it was the cheapest we had. It was no name. And I came there, and to be honest with you, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure if my memory is right anymore or not, but I was sure I brought Old Dutch. I was sure I had a box of Old Dutch chips, but when I went to get them, somebody else was eating my Old Dutch chips, and there was the no names there. And I remember being so upset and talking, no, those are my chips. It was stupid. Like, I'm like 12 years old, 13 years old. These are my chips. And no, they insisted that they were theirs, and they took them and sat with their friends, and I took mine and sat by myself. But you know, it's silly because I remember feeling like so rejected because of something that in retrospect seems silly, except that that helps me see the person sitting by themselves because I sat by myself. I still remember and identify with what it feels like to not have a community. So I feel for somebody that doesn't have one. I know my relationship with God, but I still know those moments when I felt like I was so far from God. So I feel with that. See, when we've been rejected, when we've been through that, we're so much better set up to accept. Just let it happen. As Jesus would say, acceptance is my default. Acceptance is my default. We're gonna just pray this morning. We're gonna close on this Father's Day, Sunday. And we're gonna pray and I'm just gonna ask God today just to remind us of our default. Father, right now as we come before you, Lord, I, I know that you made us to be like you. Sometimes we get to a place because of our pain and hurt and all those things we just don't want to accept. We just don't want to go through it again. But Lord, you made us in a way that acceptance is our default. Father, I pray this morning for every one of us here today, whether, whether we've ever known the acceptance of Christ or we've never known the acceptance of Christ. Lord, I pray that this would be a day that we would realize that God is for us. He's not against us. He has a future for us, a great and bright future for us. And Lord, he wants to open up our hearts to the beauty of the world around us. And Lord, that even though the story that Jesus told seems so unlikely that it could be played out every day of our life. In Jesus' name, amen.